Are my skills going to be appreciated by anyone? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hi, hey, welcome into the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions coming from you, to finding out about your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Our sponsor today is FreshBooks. They're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. You can go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days. Just enter 48 days. And how did you hear about a section? Tell you a little bit more about them in just a few minutes here. Well, are my skills appreciated by anyone? I mean, I know a lot of you have training in specific areas. That can give you an advantage or it can make you feel trapped. The key is to draw that line in the sand at any given time, take a fresh look at what are the unique skills that you have? What kind of environments do you most enjoy? What are those recurring dreams that you have? Now, doing that may confirm what you're already doing now, or it may alert you that, hey, it's time for a change. But there are far too many options today to feel trapped. Well, here's some of the specific questions that we're going to be looking at. Dan, if I work overtime, I'm neglecting my family. If I don't work overtime, I'm neglecting my employer and our only source of income. How about this one? Dan, I finished graduate school with a 3.9 GPA. Isn't that worth something? Yeah, we'll talk about what that's worth. Dan, I have two career ideas that don't mesh and would like to know which one might prove to be more successful. How about this? I love this question. Can I approach a company with a thank you for not hiring me note as a lead in? Great question. Great setup. Yep. Love the uniqueness of that. Well, somebody says, how can I learn what I need to do to start a lawn mowing business? Look at just the simple kind of businesses. Do you need to do anything? Yes, you do. We'll outline the basic steps that you need to do with that. Well, here's our quotation today. This is one well-known. It comes from Teddy Roosevelt, who said, Far better to dare mighty things to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. Wow. Get in the game. Well, hey, let me tell you about our friends at Fresh Books. You know, I worked with my bookkeeper just yesterday, finishing up things for last year, got everything all finished up. But one of the things that makes that easy is keeping track as we go along. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging? Yeah, but our friends at Fresh Books believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for being self-employed. Now, to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. 
It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Well, I talked to my friends at FreshBooks and uh, they say a lot of you are in fact following through with that. So I commend you on doing that. It's those little things that can make you successful in what it is you're doing, whether that's as an employer, as an employee, as an entrepreneur, I mean, no matter where it is that you are, but those little things. And one of those is keeping your books straight. Golly, I know the pain of being on the other side of that and ended up owing the IRS a whole lot of money. I never want to be in that position again. So I keep track as we go to stay on top of that. Well, Kenneth says, Dan, for many years I had stable jobs in the building design industry in the Memphis area. In 2013, I was laid off due to the stalled economy. Since then, I've been in and out of contract work with little sign of stable full-time work. Also, I'm a caregiver for my wife. She's a conservator for her special needs brother and attending to his personal needs and living arrangements. I've considered writing a book and a blog about our caregiving experiences, but finding work has taken a higher priority. The only progress on this was setting up the website, lovehersmile.com. I'm becoming short on creative ideas as how to change my career for the better and hope seems to be distant. I have building design experience, manufacturing engineering experience, and two years of college, but no degree. Well, Again, I thought, Gally, I appreciate the situation that you described, you being essentially the caregiver for your wife and her being the caregiver for another family member. Wow, that's a kind of a chain of events there that certainly require a lot of time and emotional energy. When you talk about sharing aspects of caregiving, caregiving in marriage, caregiving in mental illness, autism, I mean, you're talking about providing advice in that arena. Now, can that be developed into something profitable through your loversmile.com site? Yes, it can. But I would encourage you with the situation that you described right now to keep that in that 10% entrepreneur category rather than trying to force that to be the primary source of income, which I think is going to be challenging. You know, when we talk about things that include, you know, maybe writing, blogging, being a guest on podcast or doing your own podcast. I mean, those are things that don't generate a lot of money. Certainly initially it takes a lot of time to build an audience credibility, become a voice in that area. You can do that, but I'd encourage you to make this a two pronged approach where the first thing you do is take whatever skills you've got in building design, manufacturing, engineering experience. I mean, those kind of things, Yeah, focus on having a core career first and foremost. So you make this a two-step kind of process. And I want to encourage you in, in what you want to do here in this kind of freelance entrepreneurial space. But again, I'd encourage you to make that a 10% part, 90%. Get back in the game. Do what you need to do to do a good job search. Clarify your skills that you bring to the table. Have that in place first to relieve the pressure of having to have 
your side hustle be your full-time income. Well, Jamie says, if I work overtime, I'm neglecting my family. If I don't work overtime, I'm neglecting my employer and our only source of income. My current employer is one hour, 15 minutes away from my home. I'd like to get a job closer to home. However, the jobs around here pay half of what I'm making. I look at moving closer to my current employer and we can't afford that either. I look at starting a business on the side and I don't know where I would come up with the time or energy feeling trapped. When I ask for advice, now check this out. When I ask for advice, I usually get one of two equally worthless answers. It's okay. All things work out for good for those who love the Lord. And the other one is, yeah, life sucks. What are you going to do about it? I was wondering what advice you would give me. Truly grateful for you and your show. Well, those two things, yeah, it's okay. All things work out for good for those who love the Lord. Or, yeah, life sucks. What are you going to do about it? Those are both just different ways of giving up and feeling like you have no options. So I agree with you. Those are worthless kind of answers. You don't need to put yourself in that position to just give up and say, well, you know, this is as good as it gets. No, but you also have to be careful about saying that you're trapped or that you have no choice. Saying, saying I have no choice actually means I only had one path that seemed easy in the moment. We can choose. We can make new choices. Now, when you say, I'd like to get a job closer to home, wherever the jobs around here, pay one half of what I'm making. Well, I checked where you're living. You're living, your address is Hutchinson, Minnesota. Yeah, you know, probably not a big thriving area. The population, the last census was about 15,000 people. So you're talking a fairly small town. And I see that the 31 top employers in Hutchinson starts off with manufacturing, then retail, medical, school and local government goes on and so on and so forth. Uh, Manufacturing is certainly the biggest source of jobs. Now, I don't know what kind of job, you know, what kind of jobs you have now, Jamie. So I'm not sure if, uh, you know, if you're a candidate to be in manufacturing, I mean, you've got companies there like Hutchinson technology and then 3M, um, Global Fixture Company. You know, there there's some certainly some players there. Now, here's the deal. I already sent you a copy of the new 10th anniversary edition, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I want you to take a fresh look at where you are. Go through the job search process, but it starts with looking inward. Don't just look around you for jobs. Start by looking inward, saying, what is it that's unique about you? What a unique value do you have after all these years of working? What is it you bring to the table that a 23-year-old is not going to have? Once you identify that and you combine that with what kind of personality you have, what those recurring dreams are, get a fresh focus for what kind of work that would translate to, whether that then is best done in a job or starting something on your own. You can decide that then, but don't feel that you're trapped or limited because of where you live geographically. There's just too many options these, these days for that to be the case. Now, one of the things that may come up is, why are you living in Hutchinson? I mean, if if you don't feel plugged in there, there aren't opportunities there. You know there are other places. My goodness, we've got like a 1,000 people. I don't know, it's some ridiculous figure, like a 1,000 people a day moving to the Nashville area. Frankly, I'm not promoting that because traffic is getting bad here. But there's a whole lot of people that see new areas that, where they want to live, so they make a move. If you're doing something on your own, geography probably doesn't really matter anyway, so 
That may not be a factor, but don't feel trapped. I mean, you, you, you described a situation where, you know, you, you're doing what you're doing, driving an hour and 15 minutes one way. Geez, I can't imagine having to do that. Any, I hope you're making $300,000 a year in that job to justify driving an hour and 15 minutes from your home to get there. Just take a fresh look at this. I hope what I sent you as a resource will help you kind of get a new, fresh optimism about what your choices are. Well, Michael says, uh, hey, this is Mike from Orange Beach, Alabama. There's just too much good stuff out there. I follow you, Jeff Goins, Michael Hyatt, a few others. I was watching free how-to blog videos from Ruth Sukup, another friend of ours. Jonathan Milligan, always been active in the 48 Days community. Uh, great stuff, very informative, but my ADD is kicking in, and I've got to narrow my focus. My primary focus is developing my brand new lo- brand new blog, and I'm developing a T-shirt line through Teespring. All right, Teespring, I'll just insert here. You know, it's one of those sites where you can do the designs. You don't have to print the shirts, buy the inventory or anything. You just do a design, put it up there. And then if people, through their massive marketing exposure, order your shirt, then you get a royalty on that. You get paid because they ordered your design. So let's see. Mike continues, my family's struggling financially. My wife thinks this is all crazy but it's my passion calling gift. You pick the name for it, but I have to do this. I missed the 48 days.net crowd and I'm considering the 48 days Eagles route due to the need for guidance and group support. I'll make this work. And once my sanity has been justified with a small bit of success, I can reinvest in myself business even more. My current coworkers, family and friends all believe this kind of thing is weird. And, but from what I understand, this might indicate I'm on the right track. Well, you're right there. I need to hear from like-minded people. And I've heard you say before, do you have to invest in yourself? I'm as cheap as they come, but I guess it's time to put some skin in the game. What do you think? Well, on the thought of self-investment, could you recommend a book that's a good kick in the butt or overcome your fear type? Well, yes, Mike, I could do all of that. Now I'm going to recommend two books. They're both old, been around a long time, but for what you described, good kick in the butt, overcome your fear. One is see you at the top. Zig Ziglar, been around a long time. Old classic book talks about how to overcome your fear, you know, how to boost your self-confidence, how to get out there and do things, even if other people are, are throwing stones at you from the sidelines or saying it can't be done. Yeah, see you at the top. The other one is how to win friends and influence people, the old Dale Carnegie classic. And yes, you do need to invest in yourself. You know what? Next week's podcast, I'm going to devote just to that topic. It comes up so repeatedly here, and certainly as we have people moving from 48days.net, which you mentioned, over to 48 Days Eagles, which requires $30 a month investment. Yes, we have lots of people that are moving over there, but recognizing the power of connection and all the activity that's taking place there and the mentors that we have in place to give you ready help. I mean, you have access to people whose individual coaching would be thousands of dollars, but you can get access to that by just simply being part of the 48 Days Eagles group. But I'm going to devote next week's podcast just to the idea of investing in yourself. And it doesn't matter. I encourage you, no matter where you are on your income, to invest 3% of your income back into improving yourself. This is a magical kind of formula. Believe me that I don't want to break the cycle in my own life, no matter what level I'm at, because I know the power of how it works. What that means is if you're making... 12 bucks an hour. 
So you're making $12 an hour. That means that 3% of that in a month, you have $58. Now, not all enough. You're not going to go to Fiji to a Tony Robbins event, but you can buy two books. You can subscribe to Inc. Magazine, to Fast Company, Success, Entrepreneur, things like that. 58 bucks a month is going to get you all of that and more. Yes, invest that 3% in yourself. So next week, uh, be be ready. I'm going to have, um, I, I'm going to just devote the whole podcast to that concept and develop that because it's something that's been so profound in my own life. I just did a discussion yesterday with my mastermind. I've got people in there. I've got one of the members in there who just paid a lady $24,000 for one day, one day. But he said that investment has already in 90 days got him a $300,000 return in increase in income. What he's doing. Anyway, we, we see people at high levels who understand the power of that. We need to understand it. The principle works no matter where you are currently in income. Well, I'll, before I go out, I'll, I'll just save my thoughts and we'll make that next week's podcast. All right. This comes from Des. It says, you know, we've corresponded over the years. Um, he does caricatures and we talked about him doing caricatures. He's done some really interesting things. He's done some caricatures for me. I wish I could show you. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you a a link where you can see one that he did of me. Um, Now, here's the deal, though. I want to set this up a little bit. Des wants to go to a workshop that Tom Richmond of Mad Magazine is doing. Now, Des lives in Brisbane, Australia. The workshop is in Minnesota. So he's trying to figure out how to get there. And what he did was put up GoFundMe campaign. GoFundMe is a site where you can put up, you know, if your house burns down, you can put up a site and say, gee, we're really struggling. You know, can you help us out? I mean, lots of people do. People are ready to give help to other people. So Des put up a site like that a couple weeks ago now. And uh, I told him at the time that I didn't think that was a good plan. I didn't think that that had much draw for people just to give him money so he could go to a workshop. And I would suggest rather using his unique skill of doing caricatures as the way to fund his trip to go to that event. Well, it's turned out to be, you know, pretty much like that. Des is very open about that in three weeks. Now he had a $4,000 goal and he has $200. That's not working well. And I don't expect it to change much. Not going to work well. But the thing is, I think you can use what you already have right at your disposal there. Now, last week, we heard from Matthew Miller, MatthewMillerArt.com. Matthew said he's not a great artist. He's not that experienced, but he started going to live venues like sports events and concerts where he just shows up, starts doing paintings. And the very first one he did, he sold to the, the um, band that was playing 300 bucks. And he just shows up and he sells things right on the spot. You know, I have a friend here in Nashville who does the same thing. His name is Tracy Latham. He's really a delightful guy. He does caricatures. I see him at events all over the place. He charges $150 an hour with a two-hour minimum. So he won't go anywhere for less than $300. But he stays booked as much as he wants to be booked at all. And does that. I think that's your best avenue, Des, of funding your ability to go to the conference that you want to go to. Now, 
Des's site for the rest of you listening, where you can go and see some of his work, and it's really delightful, is 500badcaricatures.com. Now, you can look up how to spell caricatures if you don't know it, but it's 500badcaricatures.com. You'll see on there some of the really delightful things that he's done. Did a, a group drawing of a group of guys that were just here at the sanctuary recently. And then you can scroll down. You can see one of me in an old car that he did. That's the kind of stuff that Des has done. Des, I think you're right on track and can use what you have right in your hand as the very thing that leads you forward in opening up new opportunities, both for your own training and for success as a caricature artist. Wow, I think I need to take a breath there. So we'll take a breath and just remind you, you're listening to Real Life Questions here. We love having these questions come in from people like you and me who are dealing with the realities out there in life, both the challenges and, of course, the, the resulting successes. But if you've got a question, you can go to 48days.com site, click on the podcast, and you'll see an opportunity there to submit your question. Or you can just send me an email directly at askdan at 48days.com. Now, Jeremy says, I have no idea what to pursue for a career that will provide an adequate income for my wife to continue staying home with my five-month-old son. Now, listen to this. I'm not going to go through all of this, but I'm going to give you the gist of it because Jeremy says, my passion was law enforcement ever since high school. I succeeded tremendously as I started that career until it was ripped away from me five years ago at the age of 23. Long story short, someone I I arrested filed a frivolous lawsuit and my employer decided it was cheaper to just get rid of me than deal with the plaintiff. Now, Jeremy goes through, you know, a lot of things there he explored, but it kind of marred his history, his resume in law enforcement. It's been challenging to get back in. So he says, I've had various jobs in the meantime, such as a chauffeur, construction worker, school bus driver, state employee. None of them were a good fit for me. And I left my last position uh, to explore a business idea that I had. I'm an INTJ. That's from the Myers-Briggs. I have a bachelor's in science degree in criminal justice with a minor in management from, management from Taylor University. Um, two credits short of having a master's of professional studies degree in paralegal studies with a 3.9 GPA from George Washington University. Um, I've applied to dozens, if not a hundred or more paralegal jobs. Does I've lost much interest in just about all hope of any sort of career in the legal field. I've even contacted numerous law firms that were not advertising for paralegals. I've applied to government paralegal jobs without success. I've never even had an interview for any paralegal type role. What else can I jump into? I need ideas on types of work that can support my wife and baby boy without further time consuming and expensive education. I already gave my all for my last short-lived career. Don't have time for more trial and error in my career search. So, as I finished graduate school with a 3.9 GPA, isn't that worth something? Well, unfortunately, Jeremy, no, it's not. I mean, the reality is the real world out here doesn't care what your GPA was. They only care about what are the results that you can produce. Now, it concerns me that you've done multiple, multiple, multiple applications and approaches and aren't getting any farther than that. I mean, when you do have the background that you do, a BS in criminal justice from Taylor University and then advanced studies, in paralegal studies, 
mean, I, I, I can't imagine why that's not opening the door, at least for interviews. See, anytime we look at this, we look at the sequence and we can tell exactly where it's breaking down. If you're sending out applications, you're sending out resumes and not getting any interviews, then we need to look exactly at what you're doing. Why is your resume not getting any response at all? What could you do to enhance that so it's more interesting? I mean, don't, don't make it read like some kind of a legal document. Make it read so that somebody's saying, wow, I want to really meet this guy. This guy really looks interesting. You, you've got to do it in the same way that you would write copy to have somebody come in and see a movie or buy a book or come to a restaurant. You, you want to have that kind of lead in, even in your cover letter and resume, where it makes somebody, it whets their appetite so they want to see you. If that's not happening at all, you need to, to go no further. It's not about poor interviewing skills. It's about nobody even wants to talk to you based on what you're showing them. So you've got to make that more interesting. And I certainly think that you can do that with what you describe that you have available to you. So I would start there. Now, what you have to watch at this point is the idea of feeling like a victim, feeling like something was done wrong to you. And so you are a victim or that you deserve something. Be aware saying I deserve is the most disempowering thing you can say. I'm responsible is the most empowering thing you can say. So draw a line in the sand, Jeremy, and say, I am responsible for where I am right now. I want to do work that's fulfilling, meaningful, and profitable so my wife can stay home with our five-month-old baby. That's all very, very legitimate. So start fresh from that, but don't negate the value of what you've done academically. Yeah, again, your GPA really doesn't mean much. I mean, where you went to school doesn't mean much. But what you have in terms of that being part of your credentials and preparation and unique value that you bring to the sure, those still have value. You know, you shouldn't have to work as a chauffeur or a bus driver or something like that. You should be able to draw from what you've done, even if you can't get that traditional kind of legal position or in law enforcement. There are so many things that are related to that that ought to still draw from the background that you have. And I'm confident you can turn that around. If Again, if you, um, I'm looking here, I mean, if you don't have a copy of the new 48 Days to the Work You'll Buy, I'd be delighted to send one to you. You know, just let me know again on an email. I'd be delighted to get one of those over to you instantly. Elisa says, my husband and I just moved to a new home five miles outside of town. I wanted to start selling my photography online, but the only internet service we can receive is through satellite, which is not very fast and has a data cap. Will it still be possible for me to sell my photography online or do I need to find another resource? Well, and she sent, sent this note from her mobile phone. Look into using your phone, Elisa, as a hotspot. Now we do that a lot. That, that's not something you want to use you know, 24 hours a day, but you can certainly use it you know, 30 minutes at a time. And it may be a reasonable option with what you have. Now, here's the deal. Things are changing so quickly in that area of how we get internet service. Believe me, I know. I'm well-versed in this. So I would encourage you to keep exploring the new options. And yes, you can sell your photography online. I mean, even if you have to drive into town a couple times a week to check orders and correspondence with people. And it's not like you're doing something where it's time-sensitive, where they have to have instant response. So no, 
Don't let that be a deterrent to you. If you're five miles out of town, depending on where you are, you know, that's going to change. I mean, six months could change that. Here at the sanctuary, I'm in a barn way back off the road. So we at first had, you know, of course, dial-up access, which was extremely slow. And then we had DSL through, you know, AT&T, through the phone lines, which was much, much better, but still relatively slow compared to the options that are out there. Comcast said they couldn't service us because I'm so far off the road. Well, they said that for years and I kept going back. I said, Hey man, I know things are changing. You know, what about now? And finally they said, yeah, we can make that happen. So they did. So now we have Comcast here and I've got really incredibly high speeds. I mean like a hundred times what we were used to having before with the DSL. So I'm really thrilled. Now here's the deal. If you've been here to the sanctuary, you realize that just across the yard is our house. Well, they say they can't service our house. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How difficult can it be to boost the signal a hundred yards? That's about what we've got, about 300 feet. Why can't we boost the signal across there? I know they do it. Hospitals where there's multiple buildings, even in RV parks and all like that. They're saying, no, we can't do that. Well, I've had multiple people come out here with very, very complex solutions. I'm looking for a much easier, simpler solution. And the reason I just had people at Best Buy come out here and look at it. And they said, yeah, they can dig a trench, put a line in, and for only $11,000, get service. And we're talking from my sanctuary to my house is 100 yards. And about $11,000, I said, you got to be kidding me. I would have to be an idiot to spend that because things are changing so quickly. I know that six months from now, I'm going to have options that I don't have now. And frankly, I'm looking at what I could do in the meantime. Hey, if any of you have ideas for Alisa or me about how to get better internet service when right now all we have is satellite or slow DSL, hey, let me know. I know things are changing. Some of you are probably experts in that arena. Hey, thanks for your question, Alisa. Christy says, Dan, I'd like to begin transitioning to my soon-to-be empty nest. I have two careers that don't quite mesh and would like to know which one might prove to be more successful. The first idea is to write more children's nonfiction. I've already written one book 14 years ago, had it published. It sold over 40,000 copies. I haven't made a website or author site for the book since it's the only book I've published. I wonder if there's potential to build on having only written one book so many years ago. If so, do you recommend self-publishing? My other idea is to start a wellness lifestyle blog on anti-aging through nutrition. I love to dig up information, write with humor and stay behind the scenes. I'm an INFJ. We've had a couple people today. INFJ means it's that, um, you know, Christy is introverted, likes to stay behind the scene, deal with facts, gather information, technical things would fit well, so on and so forth. Well, my great position transitioning to your soon-to-be-empty nest. In regard to your book, so 14 years ago, you wrote a book, had it published, sold 40,000 copies. Congratulations. My gosh, that puts you into a very, very tiny, tiny percentage of authors who ever write books. That's an amazing number, 40,000 copies. When we consider that the average book, even published by a a traditional publishing house, only sells about 7,000 copies. So you made a publisher happy back then? Can you build on that? Yeah, you can, but that alone isn't going to do much to propel you forward. So what do you do now has to stand on its own. 
aside from the success that you had back then. So start with what you've got. Now, children's nonfiction, um, I mean, that, that, that's a challenging category. Can it be done? Sure. I mean, and if you've got the, the leisure of time, flexibility, go ahead, get in the game. Now, you can do self-publishing. The options for publishing have become so much more in our favor. You can do self-publishing like through CreateSpace on Amazon and get things out there tomorrow. We have a lot of people who have done that, gotten things out there, pulled things from the public domain, gotten them out there. I mean, Aaron Kerr pulled together some of uh, the books that from Anne of Green Gables, so not even things that he wrote, put it together just through CreateSpace, just through Kindle on Amazon. He made uh, $29,000 in four months. And of course, that number has gone up significantly since then. So you can do self-publishing, but you also have a lot of other options out there. I mean, we did Joanne's recent book with Morgan James, uh, my friend David Hancock, CEO and founder of Morgan James Publishing. You can check them out. I mean, they're very helpful and they're kind of a hybrid. So they're in between. Yes, they expect to work with people who are going to promote, people who have an audience, as any publisher is, if they're, if they're honest with you. So, but they're in that kind of in-between space. They give you a lot of help, professional looking covers, get the ISBN, get you set up on Amazon and all that, get you in bookstores and all of that. So there are options for you that we didn't have 14 years ago when you published your first book. I also like your other idea about starting a wellness lifestyle blog and anti-aging through nutrition. Really, I don't think these are either or kind of choices. I think you could do both of these easily. And if you're writing children's nonfiction and producing a book a year in that category, and that's not something that takes 40 hours a week of your time. You can devote 10 hours a week to that or five hours a week to that if you want and get a couple books out there in movement for you. Uh, that's not something that's going to consume all your time. I think you can do the wellness lifestyle blog as well and build an audience there, create content there and probably find yourself writing information in that genre as well. Great question. Good position to be in. Let me know about your successes moving, moving forward. Well, Troy says, uh, I work for a reseller of a software. Now he, this is the one that started off. He said, thank you for not hiring me letter. Okay. He says, I work for a reseller of a software in the design and construction industry. I've excelled at the software as I teach and demo demonstrate to companies all over the country. Um, about a year and a half ago, I applied your 48 days principles to design my own career directly for the software company. I received an incredibly positive response. However, okay, this is, the, this is the setup. I'll try to explain this. Someone in the company that <clears throat> Troy was working for was hired by the company that he was looking at as well. And it came up as a concern that that was poaching between a company that had a relationship with the company he was working for. And because of that, it kind of cooled down their ability to try to hire Troy. Okay. Understood. Very legitimate. I was told to wait at least a year. And so Troy says, I've taken that year to create the job I wanted with some success at my current company and have exceeded expectations by management. So now his question is, can he go back to the company that he talked to a couple of years ago and say, Hey, thanks for not hiring me because in the meantime, it helped me really develop my skills and I'm in a much better position now than I was then as a candidate. Absolutely. I love that approach. 
I love the uniqueness of that. And I, that's the kind of thing that'll get, that'll stand out instantly with a company. I love that. that that'll stand out. That's a great, unique, creative job approach. Thank you for not hiring me. And then tell them what happened in the meantime. Yep. Love that approach. All right. Hey, let me grab a couple more here. David says, how can I learn to what I need to do to start a lawn mowing business? Do I need a license? What business expenses should I track? Is there a book that explains this stuff for beginners? Okay, David, I already sent you a digital copy of my business planning guide. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes today. So any of you can just open that up. It's about 12 pages and it just walks you through what you need to do to start a business. It's just a basic business plan. And it's really all you need for like a lawn mowing business. You don't need some 85 page document that you're going to take to the bank and get a quarter of a million dollar, you know, small business loan. You don't need that. You don't need anything. So, but you need it for your own understanding so you have a clear outline of what it is you're going to do. And that's what a good business plan does. So yeah, do you, do you need, okay, let me just stick with this for a second. Then I'll answer your question specifically. Do you need a business plan? Yes. It'll help you hit a target that you can't see just yet. If you can't see your business on paper, you're never going to see it in reality. So a business plan will help you focus in on, you know, what's unique about your business. And it gives you a roadmap for those first few months. You create a plan for what do you want this business to look like five years from now? And then you work backward to what needs to be done today. So a business plan is going to address really four basic questions. What is our wow? You have to be the best at something. If you're going to start a lawn mowing business, why is it that people are going to select you when there's 10 other lawn mowing companies in your same area? What makes you stand out? So identify, you know, where are you now? Where do you want to go? How are you going to get there? But a business plan will just walk you through that. There are really four key components of a business plan. Those are a description of the business, including, you know, description of the market out there. Management. Who's going to do the work? Is it going to just be you? Or are you going to hire other people to do the weed eating, you know, to drive the truck? Is it just going to be you? Ownership structure. Now with a, well, let me, let me do that and then I'll, then I'll expand on that a little bit. Yeah, ownership structure, how are you going to do that? And then what are your financial projections? What is this going to look like as you move forward? In regard to your specific questions, do you need a business license? Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you, need, you need that for your own good more than any external reality. You need it for your own good, just so you really recognize this is really a business. This is not just some little stick your toe in the water hobby. This is a business. So yes, go to your county clerk, get a business license. That's going to cost you probably $20 to get that. That's kind of an average of what it is, depending on where you live. But go to your county clerk and get a business license for the county in which you live. That's going to trigger a couple other things. There may be a county occupational tax. It's going to be a real tiny, tiny percentage of your overall revenue and you know as you move forward what business expenses you should track every single thing you want to track your gasoline your truck expenses the computer that you have you know the ongoing uh, gas and 
weed eating expenses that you've got when you buy a weed eater you add that in i mean all those are expenses that you want to track i mean there are tremendous advantages in moving from being an employee where you're taxed immediately on gross revenue that you get in when you move to having your own business like this there are tons of things that you can deduct that add to your ability to live well so you can live out of the business that's an example and Joanna and I just got back from a cruise. So we went on a cruise. We had about 70 people in the 48 days community with us. Is that a deductible expense for us? Well, sure. Absolutely. Everything. And then we spent another week in Florida just to kind of recover. Is that another additional deductible expense? Absolutely. It's still part of that same trip. And I can justify that as part of the business overview without any problem at all. So there are a lot of things that we do. I mean, everything that we do to travel is deducted as a business expense and legitimately so because of the things that I do. Now you can do the same. There are a lot of advantages, but go through the simple business plan that I gave you and I'll put a link there again for anybody else. And then you can see that'll help you identify it and give yourself about two hours to go through that. Again, this is not something that takes six months. Give yourself two hours to go through it completely. Just fill it out. Just print it off and fill it out, and it'll help you really understand what you need to do. So you need a business license? Yes. Go to the bank and open a bank account in your business name. That'll help you not just co-mingle with your personal accounts. Don't do that. Have a separate account, and you need a business license at most banks to set up an account in the business name. That's really all you need to do at that point. You don't need to get a, you know, a federal employee number as an example, unless you're going to hire employees and have them as employees, you know, so there you stage this, you can grow what you're doing as the business grows and funds it. Now I would recommend that you pretty quickly look at forming an LLC. You can start as a sole proprietorship. Do that, go out, you know, get 40 customers lined up and start bringing in, you know, $4,000 a month. But then 90 days in, yeah, look at making an LLC. An LLC, having any kind of a corporate entity like that, the primary focus of that is to protect yourself against liability. Now, the thing is, there's more need for that in the business you're describing than in what I'm doing. As an author and a coach, my liability exposure, I consider to be extremely low with you. Yeah. You could throw a, win- a rock through somebody's plate glass window there. You, so you have more exposure in terms of liability than what I do with a long-term established business, you know, that has significant revenues. So yeah, you would look at that. Now you can get an LLC by going to your state office, wherever that is, where you are, go to your state office. You can walk in and you can pay a hundred dollars and get that LLC, get the corporate status for that and walk out. And it's usually a hundred bucks. I would encourage you at that point though, to sit down with a CPA or bookkeeper or attorney and have them walk you through it. You know, there are those that will do that for maybe five or $600. I'd encourage you to do that, but you don't need to invest that until you have money coming in to justify that expense. I'm a big believer in bootstrapping a business where you start it and then let the money coming in fund the growth of the business. Well, here Richard Richard says, uh, what? Tell us what we can do that 
Well, he, no, he says, hello, where are all the car guys? I've been an automotive technician for 30 plus years and looking for advice to transition into something else. Search the internet and you'll find a lot of negativity about being an automotive technician. I would like to see more help for us people in the blue collar fields. Richard, I'm not sure exactly what it is you're referring to. My gosh, I have tremendous respect for automotive technicians. I mean, when I see what these guys do, now I, I tend to hang out at Worcester's here in Franklin, Tennessee. And in there, you know, we see a lot of Mercedes Jags and then even the exotic things, you know, like McLarens and Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Um, what those guys are able to do, you know, Porsches, the old roller bearing Porsches, man, they drop the pan on that and start working. I have a lot of respect for automotive technicians. I love the guys that work on my cars and I have things that tend unfortunately to not be real easy to work on. I mean, I, I've, I'm a, a fair automotive, you know, mechanic myself used to, I mean, it's only been in the last couple of years that I don't do my own spark plug exchanges and oil changes, things like that. Now I don't at this point, but I, I've enjoyed doing that. I mean, I've replaced transmissions and done pretty much everything you can imagine when cars were easier to work on, but today they aren't. I have a lot of respect and admiration for automotive technicians. You know, I take things in and you know, I thank the guys for doing it and tip people in that field. You know, one of the things that, let me give you a real quick story here and I'm going to stop. In December of last year, Joanne and I met with a lady to help us understand the complexity of, of supplemental insurance plans. She spent about an hour with us, you know, helped us clarify all the options and walked us through the application process. So last month, I picked up my three-month supply of the one prescription that I take. Instead of matching the previous, it was about $183 that I was paying every three months, it rang up a zero. And the pharmacist assured me that that was correct based on my new prescription plan. Well, I immediately thought of Carol, the gal who advised us in setting that plan up. And so a week ago, I sent her an order of gourmet pecans. You know, no big deal, just to thank her. Well, I got a note from her after receiving those pecans on Tuesday. I got a note from her on Friday. Dear Dan and Joanne, how much I adore you too. I don't have time you know, to, to come and travel on your cruises or one of your seminars, but I do have time to write you a heartfelt thank you. I have never before received a thank you note let alone a gift for helping someone with their insurance. I know it took a lot of research and study for you to choose this gift. It's very special to have this gesture. Thank you with all my heart. And I thought, you got to be kidding. In all the years of advising clients on insurance needs, she's never had even one thank her by giving her a thank you note. And I started thinking, who else have I interacted with in my world who has perhaps never received a thank you note or gift? I mean, how easy is it to affirm somebody, to encourage them, let them know their work matters? Well, Richard, I want to encourage you as an automotive technician. Hold your head high. Give people great service. I'll be helping on my side to help people appreciate what you and others in your industry are doing. A great, great comment, question, and certainly a challenge for all of us. 
Well, hey, I encourage you to check out 48 Days Eagles. We've got a lot of exciting things that are happening there. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. You can see it. I'll put in the show notes of things we talked about today. Um, thanks for being part of this growing group of people who aren't settling for mediocre, aren't settling for normal. We're part of this group. We know we can figure out how to either find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, don't settle for less. What do you do to the work you love? Do I believe that? From the top of my head to the tip of my toes. And I encourage you, don't settle for less. 